Babies are ugly. Babies are not ugly. Overrated. Babies are overrated. Just have a debate. People who live and in apartments. And then they just stare at you. They just stare children. at you. And like these landlords or rental, um, rental rental management companies, like have the audacity to charge you for your pets. But not babies. But not children. Babies are way more destructive than pets. Actually, they I don't know about that. Well, babies won't chew on your walls and stuff. But they and they'll try, but they won't even draw on the walls. True. That's, that's not an uncommon thing. My brother did that once in our apartment in Texas. It was really funny to me. My mom it's, was not happy. So on this episode, we're going to talk about our babies overrated. Babies are overrated. Babies, babies are rude. Honestly, they, they get have too much attention. They have the audacity. They don't pay any rent. They don't have a job. They steal the show all the time. Yes. And they stare at you. Have you ever been in a store and a baby just stares at you like it wants to fight? Yeah, they have yeah. no concept of, like, personal space. Exactly. Or, like, They're always in your bubble. Good morning, MSUB students, and welcome back to the Retort Podcast. How is everybody today? Hey, hey. Doing pretty well today. Yeah, pretty good. As always, my name is Abria. I am Ben. I'm Jordan. And we are your team. Yeah. It is the last episode of the semester. Yes. How do we feel about that? Thrilled. Me too. Honestly. Super I'm stoked. excited for next semester because now we'll have some time to really like improve Oh, yeah. podcast and everything and improve the studio mm-hmm. and get some work done except for jordan jordan's gonna be off in new, new mexico. mexico slacking off <laughs> oh no i still got trained <laughs> no jordan can ponder though <laughs> yeah i want we'll do 10 ideas thinking. when you get back for how oh. we can improve the podcast <laughs> oh easy get that done this weekend <laughs> yeah <laughs> so there's not really much going on on campus this week i mean everybody's Taking tests, writing papers. Yeah. And a lot of kids have actually gone home already uh, because most of their finals are online. Mm. So they don't have class anymore, so they just go home and do their finals at home. That is interesting. Which I get. I understand. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. Like when you have an apartment and stuff and you don't live in the dorms, it's like here is kind of your home, you know? Yeah. Billings is your home. So like your, yeah, and I agree. Yeah, it's hard to... I don't I have a job. I have two jobs here. You know, my apartment, everything is here. So it's like, I don't know. I don't really leave very often. Like Billings as a town, you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Yeah. Me neither. All I can do is around here. Yeah, a lot of my friends go home all the time. And I, I really don't. And I feel bad because my family misses me. But I'm broke. And I have homework to do. Yeah, so. like, well, I I wonder what that means to some people to like, <coughs> um, because like, for people like us, like our home is like hours away from yeah. here. Like, oh, oh not yeah. Jordan. Jordan lives right down the street. Yeah, oh no, I live like, right. <laughs> like way across a couple of states away. So like, yeah, just a hop, skip, and a jump. Oh yeah. yeah. Like when COVID came and they shut down the dorms and stuff, they tried to kick us out. I was like, no. I don't want to leave. Yeah. They were like, okay, if you don't leave, we're going to move you around so you're far away from your friends. I was like, fine. I'll go home. God, we lived here. 
Dobby stays. Dobby stays. <laughs> <laughs> she was the best character. He was. Rest in peace. Must underrate it. That's weird how insane that was. That was. There's this acid documentary on Netflix, and it's all about the perks of acid and stuff. And it's funny, or the perks and the drawbacks. And it's like all these celebrities who've done it. And there's like Chris Rock, um, just a bunch of celebrities, like obscure, not obscure, but like celebrities I can't name off the top of my head. And the one I can name off the top of my head is Carrie Fisher. And she was talking about how she did acid all the time when she was younger. And uh, there's this one time she was telling everybody she took a tab of acid and she was on a beach. And this was back, you know, when Star Wars first came out. So she was most definitely, she was Princess Leia to everybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, Truly identifiable. Yes. Everybody knew her as Princess Leia. (laughs) And um, she was on this beach just high, tripping on acid. And uh, she turns around and she sees this tourist bus. Uh, full of people who see Princess Leia. And she looks down and realizes that she's naked. <laughs> Holy crap. And, oh, my gosh. You guys have to watch that on Netflix. It's so... It's very interesting, actually. And I, I've never done acid. I don't think I ever will do acid. But it's still interesting to watch that. So is it called Have Have a Good Trip, Adventures in, in Psychedelics? Yes, that's the one. All right, because I just took on my Netflix and it's seen yeah. just now. Yeah, it's... Have a good trip, adventures in psychedelics. And it's funny because it'll be celebrities be like, don't look in the mirror when you're tripping on acid. And then, because apparently when you look in the mirror, your face contorts and it gets really scary because you don't know who is staring back at you in the mirror. And people have said that they see demons staring back at them and um, they get really scared. And then some people say, look in the mirror. It was the best thing I ever did. And they see their true selves and they look into their eyes and they just love themselves so much. It's what? very funny, because it's, it's full of contradictions like that. It'll be like, don't look in the mirror, look in the mirror, don't drive, drive. You mm. should never drive, but... Yeah, probably not a good idea Don't drive, drive while under the influence of anything. But they're just talking about, like, good trips they had when they were in a car and bad trips they had when they were in a car, and... It's very interesting. Very educational. Huh. How was final week, finals week been for you, Ben? Stressful. You get all your work done? More or less. It's. Jordan and I were talking about how we got all our work done. Been uh, very busy. Right, Jordan? Right. I've had a lot of performances for my performance courses. That's buns. Yeah, we were talking about, we haven't gotten all of it done, that's for sure. At least I haven't, but I've made a good, good dent. Mm-hmm. I did my presentation, my speech that I was talking about last week. Mm-hmm. I think I did pretty all right on it. Except for the fact that D2L went down. Oh, yeah. yeah that was I heard about horrible. That. Like, I've, out of all the times, I was literally getting ready to do my public speaking presentation, the final one of the year, my 20 to 25-minute presentation. And none of my things would work because D2L was down. I couldn't get into anything. I couldn't print off anything that I needed for the presentation. And I was, like, about to have an anxiety attack. And my teacher's like, Bria, it's okay. We'll do it on Thursday. And we ended up doing it. Instead of Tuesday, we ended up doing it on Thursday mm-hmm. so that I'd have the internet. Mm-hmm. But I was, and then it like threw off my whole plan for the week of like what homework I was going to get done. And I was yeah, like, this is absolutely. horrible. Apparently, it had something to do with Amazon went down too. Yeah. And I heard that somehow that was related to our D2L. And Amazon going down inadvertently affected our D2L. 
which is weird because I wouldn't think Amazon and D2L would be related at all. And this was just a couple days ago. Yeah, it was on right? Tuesday. Tuesday. So the day this would go out was on Monday, and so it would have been last Tuesday. But I was telling these yeah. guys, um, I've taken the I'm taking the least amount of credits this semester. I'm only taking 15, and I have been doing the most amount of work that I've ever done. In my history at MSUB. With just 15 With the credits. least amount of credits. Yeah, it's weird how that works. Did you guys notice the sound in the ceiling stopped? I actually didn't. I didn't notice. I did. I noticed it yesterday because I was in here. I was like. It's awesome that I didn't notice it because yeah. I'm used to it not being here. So like, our studio is not built to be a podcast studio. We kind of have to make it a podcast studio. And... For the past like couple weeks, there's been this background noise in the top corner of our ceiling, and it's just a racket, and we don't we have no idea what it is or where yeah. it's coming from, and it's been very annoying. But it's today it's gone, so it's so annoying. Hopefully the problem has been nullified. I almost thought it was some sort of heater, but uh huh. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was it's really clicky anymore. and metallicy and annoying. Yeah, but, like, I, I bet to some people, like, home is probably less than an hour or, like, yeah, just a lot the of next town over. Yeah, from Billings, so. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, exactly. Like, here and stuff, which would be nice. It's, it's convenient. Mm-hmm. I wish I had family in Billings. Same. So I wouldn't have to pay for an apartment. Yes, <laughs> that would be nice. But having your own apartment is nice, too. Like, when you live with your parents, there's only so much, I don't know, like, so much independence you get to experience. Absolutely, yeah. And there's upsides and downsides to that too. I was thinking about that. <coughs> I was thinking about that um, uh, li- earlier this week. How I miss having dinner oh, every single night. Really? <laughs> now, if I don't have food, I'll just starve, or I'll have like a pack of fruit snacks yeah. or something. <laughs> All meals are improvised. Yes, pretty much. exactly. And my mom and my dad were really good about making dinner every single night. And it wasn't like something they throw together. It was like. A yeah, dinner, it's like a meal. planned every day. Yeah, and it was healthy and it was delicious. And I'm just thinking about that. I was like, I, dang. You know, actually, I was thinking about that too because yeah, my parents would always be on top of yeah. that. Yeah. And I'm like, how, I'm like, how I, do you make dinner every single night? Yeah, like, how do you do that? <laughs> it's so. Teach me your secrets. Like, I'm sure everyone relates to like, what do you want to go for? dinner or lunch mm-hmm. and like what do you want to eat like yeah the most and, common question yeah and it's in scoby where i'm from it's there's not very many places to eat out so it's either you make your own dinner or yeah you starve pretty exactly. much so all right 
So this week's stories are are the story of Shavash Karapiti Karapitan. Karapetian? Karapetian? Yeah, Karapetian. You always pick the most fun words. Yeah, that's why. Got to diversify. It's good for us. Oh, yeah. Which champion swimmer who saved 20 people from from a sinking trolley bus. That sounds terrifying. Yeah. I'm excited. All right, so in some... In, ni- in 1976, a trolley bus plunged into Yerevan Lake in Ar- Armenia. Shavaj Valamir Karipitan drove in and spent more than 20 minutes pulling people out of the wreckage. What a hero. On a peaceful late summer day in, in Yerevan, Armenia, a trolley, trolley bus suddenly careened off from a roadway and plunged straight into Yerevan Lake. While onlookers looked in, in horror, Shavar sprung into action with one goal to save save as many people as possible. A 23-year-old champion fence swimmer became a hero that day. Shavar Karipitan was born in Armenia on May 19, 19, 1953. He showed potential as an athlete. He bounced, bounces around from gymnastics, swimming, before settling on, on fence swimming. You say this was in Armenia? Yeah. Hmm. And fin swimming is, is a sport that requires swimmers to race underwater with fins strapped to your feet, requires endurance and strength for long distances. Like Harry Potter. Yeah, basically. <laughs> We've come full circle. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yep, full circle. And which case, for long distances, fin swimmers would use snorkels or oxygen tapes. For sure, once they would simply hold their breath. Determined to make his father proud, Karipitan trained hard. He ran up to 18 miles a day with sand-filled back, backpacks stocked with boards strapped, strapped to his feet and practiced holding his breath. Karipitan won gold at the 50 and 100-meter sprints at the 1972 European Championships in Moscow. Goodness. And by, by 1976, Shavar's athletic career had taken a painful turn. Yes, he he was cut from the Soviet national team without explanation. On September 6, 16, 1976, he went to, he went to go work out his frustration along the artificial lake. While running, he saw the trolley bus number fifteen had veered off off the road and plunged straight into the lake. Witnesses later gave conflicting statements about how it happened, saying the driver had either argued with the passenger about making a stop or had have been hit in the head by a pick, pickpocket. They're pretty not bad pickpockets. Not you very have to, high level. Yeah. You have to hit people on the head. What a noob, honestly. Yeah. If that's what happened. But if he got into an argument with a customer, maybe he was, or a customer, a rider, maybe he was like looking behind him and like arguing. And then the trolley bus was just like, Neow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Shavaj Karipton ran ran to the lake, took a deep breath, and jumped in. He swam 15 feet below the surface. Holy crap. And kicked open a window with his left leg. Blinded by the swerving slick, he reached reached inside and grabbed for any survivors. The most difficult thing was to knock knock out the rear window of the trolley bus. Karipton told the Komsomolskaya. Pravar newspaper in 1982. He managed to get 
get a grip near the bus roofs and, and then kick the glass. The pain was unbearable. Of course, I was hurt by the glass, but then I did not think about it. I understood, understood that there was little time. And I did not see the person who saved me. He held me from behind when he dragged me, dragged me up. Once one 17-year-old survivor stated. 17? Yep. Wow. That's like some real superhero stuff. Honestly. That's like stuff out of the movies. Like, they're so lucky that a guy who trains as hard as, what's his name? Shavarsh? Yeah. Uh, was there. Because a normal person wouldn't be able to do that. And by normal, I mean... Someone who doesn't yeah, run 18 miles a day with sandbags on his back. Probably an extremely low percentage of people that would be even willing to do that. 50 kind of feet thing. below? 50 feet. That's a lot. That's a lot of feet. Like, oh. Think about the water pressure on like your ears and stuff. And you have to like focus. And probably It's dark. probably can't see anything. Yeah. Maybe the trolley bus headlights were illuminating the way or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, that's impressive. Incredible, really. Oh, yeah, but... But I remember his hand very well, a strong, muscular hand. I could feel feel I was being pulled somewhere, somewhere, and then I blacked out again. Shavash dove until a rescue worker begged him to stop. Wow. And in the end, he pulled 37 people out of the lake, 20 of whom survived. Nine others escaped on their own, own through the broken window. Oh, my wow. goodness. Do you know how many people died? I, I couldn't find a report on how many people died. Yeah, it was probably a while ago, too. Oh, well, yeah. it was. It was in the 80s, right? Uh, yeah, like in the 80s. And he spent, he spent several days in critical care since cold, since cold polluted, polluted waters and his womb, wounds on his leg had, had led to pneumonia and blood poisoning. Yet he survived and was assumed, and was assumed, his, athlete, and assumed his athletic career was over until three, like, three weeks later he could walk again. Did he get like rewarded for any of this? Oh, yeah. Recognize? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which, yeah, in which case, after, after the accident, he returned to fin swimming but permanently damaged his respiratory system. Nevertheless, he completed a handful of times, setting the world record in the 400-meter event at the USSR Championship. Interesting enough, winning gold, bronze medals at the European Championship in Hungary, then retired at the age 24, setting 11 world records, have 17 world championship titles, 13 European championship titles, and 7 Soviet championship titles. Plus, he became a hero with the Order of the Badge honor from Soviet authorities and, and had an astronaut named after him by the Minor Planet Committee with tens of thousands of Soviet citizens wrote admiring letters to him. Dang. That's just insane to me. I could not imagine. Like, you know, I always, like, think about those scenarios and, like, what I'd do in them and how I would help. And honestly, like, if I saw a trolley bus go under the water, I don't know what I would do. I I wouldn't be able to do anything. I don't think honestly, I'd be able to help at all because I'm terrified of water. Me too. No, I'm not <laughs> terrified of water. I'm terrified of things in water that aren't supposed to be there, like man-made objects, oh, like yeah. shipwrecks. Yeah, are shipwrecks. So, are... Give me the heebie-jeebies, big time, honestly. <laughs> but or like plane wrecks too. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, don't get me started. I'm gonna throw up. Yeah, a lot of what terrifies me is like often like. The deep depths of yeah. big water. Have you ever been to Fort Peck? Yes, I have. Have you ever been tubing in Fort Peck? No. Well, oh. my dad would take me tubing all the time. And, you know, he flings me off and I go to the next dimension. But it was a great time. Mm. But that, in that, like, 30 to 45 seconds it takes for him, after he's flinged me off the tube, to 
come back around and pick me up again, and I'm just sitting there in the open water by myself. Okay. And, like, there's black under me. I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Something like, could just swallow me up, and I'd be gone forever. And, like, I hate and the And you're fear. so helpless. You're so out of control. Of sinking. Like. Oh, yeah. Like. You don't know how far down you can go. Yeah. Like, well, Fort Peck is extremely deep. It's yeah very deep. I, I've been to the Fort Peck Dam, and, and I've, I've been to other dams before, and, um, like, some of them, like, you can walk across a dam, and there's, like, a walking path. And I distinctly remember one instance where, like, some parent just, like, was like, I'm just going to put my kid on the rails of this thing where on the other side of the rails is, like, the highest part of the water on the dam. And I'm like, how can you even Heck no. test that? You're testing your children's fate. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Fort Peck Lake, when it's full, is 220 feet deep, according to Google. Ooh. So. And there's said to be, like, lots of spooky things at the bottom of Fort Peck Lake. Like sturgeon and... Oh, Yeah. I don't know. Whenever I'm in that water, I'm, like, sitting in my life jacket, like, waiting for my dad to come get me. <laughs> I, like, try not to look down. Or, oh, you know what's disgusting? Seaweed. Seaweed is absolutely disgusting. When you're swimming and seaweed, like, wraps around your leg, I'm like, Ugh. Oh, no. <laughs> I think it's going to, like, pull me down. Slimy? Yes. It's so nasty. So nasty. Even, like, when you're fishing and you get, like, a grass bass, is what my family calls him. It's just a chunk of seaweed on your lure. Oh, yeah. Even, like, pulling that off, I'm like, ew. Yeah. That's so gross. Disgusting. Yeah, or that, the, the seaweed on the beach. Yeah, that's mm. just not cool. I, I think we should a bit, uh, get rid of all seaweed, actually. Sign my petition. Yeah, let's... Link in the description. Let's do that. I'm down to cancel seaweed. Cancel seaweed. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that would probably be terrible for all. Yeah, for the probably, ecosystem. yeah. Oh, yeah. It would but, probably cause a lot of bad things. Yes, it would be an issue, but I'd be happy for about two minutes. Yeah, I mean, the amount of time you interact with seaweed is probably not much. <laughs> yeah, especially when you're in Fort Peck and it's 220 feet deep. Yeah. Ooh. Unless it's a long seaweed. Yeah, that is possible. I've swam, when I was in Michigan, I was swimming in a lake. I don't remember. It wasn't one of the Great Lakes. I have swam. And I think three out of the five Great Lakes, though. I've swam in Michigan, Superior, and Ontario. So that's cool. But um, I was just in this smaller lake in Michigan this over the summer, and there was a tree in the lake. And, like, you could see the very top of the tree. That was all you oh, could really? see. Oh, really? Yeah, and it went all the submerged. way down to the bottom. It was creepy. Like, that, it was so creepy. My cousin's, like, standing on the top of the tree, and I was like, Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> All right, Jordan, you want to tell us your next story? Krampus. Yep. Yeah, I'm sure no one knows Krampus. Yep. So <laughs> in order to, since we are in our Christmas, Christmas holidays, Christmas is upon us. So the story of Krampus, his name is Krampus, the, ster- the terror of Austria and the Alpine region. Around Christmas time on the evening of December 5th, a night called Krampusnatch. You can hear it coming at soft steps with its bare feet. I don't like the way you're talking right now, actually. with the <laughs> cloth of his cloven hoof. I'm scared. Once you notice him, you'll see he's armed with birches branches so he can 
beat naughty children. Mom, can you go get me? This is exquisite <laughs> storytelling. This is what you're supposed to do. Through descriptions <laughs> of Krampus, appearance vary from region to region. Some things remain consistent. He is such a pointed devilish horns on a long snake-like tongue. His body is covered in coarse fur. He looks like a goat crossed with a demon. His body and arms are strung with chains and bells, and he carries a large sack or basket on his back to cart off evil children. I mean, I know a few evil children. Does this Krampus guy have a phone number or an email? Yeah. I'd like <laughs> I got to some add names. Him to my personal contacts, please. <laughs> Krampus comes town the night before the feast of St. Nicholas and visits all houses to dish out his punishment. If you're lucky, you might just get swatted with birch with a birch branch. If, you, if you're not, you'll wind up in the sack. After that, your fate is anyone's guess. The legend suggests you might be eaten as a snack, drowned in a river, or even dropped off in hell. Sometimes Krampus is accompanied by St. Nicholas, who isn't known to bother himself with naughty children in Central Europe. Instead, he just focuses on handing out presents to well-behaved kids, and then leaves the rest up to his sinner's counterpart. Nobody knows. Wait, so Santa doesn't do anything with the naughty kids? That's just Krampus's job? Yep. So you can pretty much say this pretty much like, like Santa's too dark. So pretty much describe it as Krampus doing his Santa's dirty work. Wow. In a sense. I guess Santa doesn't need to bring any coal then, I guess. That's yeah. a Just misconception, Throw I the guess. bad kids in the sack. Yeah. They're a little, or get, have little them or- eaten as treats. Yeah, they turn into hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> little cookies that Santa eats. Oh, my goodness. Oh, we come full circle. <laughs> And yet, no, nobody knows how Krampus became a regular part of the holiday for fun. Yet, it is believed to come from the Al- Alpine pagan past. Over the years, as Christianity gained popularity in the region, aspects of Krampus' appearance began to shift to fall in line with Christian beliefs. Today, Krampus has his own celebration before the Feast of St. Nicholas in the Alpine region on De- December 5th. Krampus snatched elegantly dressed as Dressed Satan, Saint Nick's paired up with the monstrous outfitted Krampus to and make rounds to homes and businesses, offering gifts and active threats. Some people exchanged Krampus snatch greeting cards with depicted of horned beasts alongside positive and funny messages. With gifts and active threats. <laughs> yep. Just the way you said that, Jordan, was funny. You're like, with gifts and active threats. Like it was just... A normal thing to give people on Christmas. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, why not? Merry Christmas, here's your active threat. <laughs> and sometimes large groups of people dress up as Krampus and run run amok through the streets chasing friends and pass buyers with birch sticks. Can I do that? <laughs> Is there a job opening? I'll beat people with sticks. It'll be fun. Probably won't catch any of them though because I'm pretty slow. Oh yeah, that'd be good cardio right there. Yeah. I wonder if there's a legal loophole, so where. Officer, no, I'm I'm doing Krampus's work. (laughs) (laughs) 
You can't arrest me right now. Krampus employee card. And the tradition has become become essential in many countries, includes expensive handmade masks, elaborate costumes and parades. Krampus masks, for example, are typically carved from wood and they are the product of significant labor. And artisans often work for months on the costume, which sometimes end up on display in museums as examples of a living tradition of folk art. In Austria, in, 19, in 1923, Krampus and all Krampusnatch activities were banned from the fascist Christian social group. Their motives were a little murk, murk but agreed Krampus was a force of for evil. There seems to have been some confusion about whether this was because of the parent ties to Christian devil or, or his less clear relationship with the social democrats. Through the they may have had a point about the traumatic effects of telling misbehaving children that they would be eaten by Saint Nick's evil twin society wasn't deeply moved. The band lasted about four years and vague murmurs of disapproval continued slightly longer. But in the end, no one could keep Krampus down. Wow, Dang, well, that was spooky. Um, yeah, it's almost Halloween-y. Christmas Halloween. <laughs> I know. It was really funny. <laughs> oh, man. So for our main story today, we thought we would have some fun and do uh, some uh, stories off a uh, subgroup on Reddit. And I'm sure you heard of them. They're called Am I the A-Hole? And I don't know how we are with cursing on here, but we're going to try not to. Try our best. We'll just but play it safe. We each brought a couple stories for your, for everybody to decide whether these person these people are in the wrong. So I'll go first with my stories. Am I the a-hole for calling my husband ridiculous and refusing to take the list of expectations he gave me for his quote-unquote birthday month? My husband is turning 30 next month. It's a big deal for him clearly, and he wanted to be right to rightfully be pampered and feel special on this occasion. But the thing is that he came up with a list and called it birthday month expectations. I didn't know what that meant till he started reading the list out loud, which consists of things he expects from me throughout the entire month. To give a few examples, he is not to be asked to do any type of chores or clean or cook for a month. He gets to play his Xbox for hours on end without me interrupting him or nagging about it. He is not to pay his part of rent this month. He gets to go out with his friends whenever he wants. He gets to skip any given workday and sleep in without being bothered to wake up or drive our son to school or do any emergency fixes. In other words, he wants a month-long vacation and time off from his responsibilities as a partner and as a father. I said, are you being serious right now? And he made a face and said, oh, no worries. This will only last for a month. I called him ridiculous and said, absolutely not. I do not agree with, on anything on that list and said that his expectations for his birthday month was out of line. Now, I have to mention that we both work, but I do the majority of the household chores and the majority of our son's care, as well as the majority of the rent, bills, and internet payments, and I cannot afford to do what he's expecting me to do because we're struggling already and I need his help, especially now. Not for him, not for him to make demands. He pitched a fit, giving me grief about how I'm being selfish towards his wants and that in my place he would agree to do, he could make my birthday month, the happiest month of the year for me. I argued that birthday month is unheard of and just flat out ridiculous. And he said, 
that I don't understand because his parents did it for him for years. So he and his friends, so did he and his, so did his friends. So as his wife, I should be happy to do it, but I declined and refused to take it and keep arguing about it. But he hasn't stopped talking about he, how disappointed he was that I treat his birthday like that and that he's been avoiding being near me, making me feel like maybe I went too far here. Am I the a-hole? Absolutely not. There's Your husband, lot. leave him. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> I don't think so. Leave him. That is very vouch. No. juvenile. Extremely, I don't know. It's narcissistic. Yeah, it makes sense. The point that she made that her his parents did that for him. He's thirty years old. Yeah, I forgot about that aspect. It's like, damn. Also, who has a birthday month? Nobody. No one. Nobody has a birthday. A whole month. You want a whole month That's off life? So strange. This? Like an un unreasonable no, like I, you can't just forfeit re- responsibilities like that. Like it's my birthday, I don't have to do anything. It's not maybe on your birthday. Yeah, maybe the one sense. day on your yeah. birthday I could see it because yeah. my birthday I, I want to feel like a princess, but that's just like the way yeah, I am. Maybe the one day. But yeah. Like, for like, a whole month. You have a child, sir. This you have responsibilities. You're an adult. You can't have a birthday month like you did when you were a child. Exactly. Oh my God. Yeah, this one kind of <laughs> it kind of turned my blood a little bit. Uh, it boiled my blood. Is the that's thing the I'm term for, you're so. looking for? Yes. That's what do you think, Jordan? Not the a-hole. <laughs> oh yes, me either. I don't. I thought you meant yeah. the husband's not the asshole. I was like, get out. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Just kidding. I was going to make a comment, and I forgot what it was. Um, oh, like, there are people out there like me, like, and some days, like, I don't even, like, some years I don't really care about my birthday. Like, it's just another day for me. Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. All right. So my next story, y'all are going to like this one. Am I the a-hole for yelling at my obsessed wife? Hello there. I'm currently typing this from my car, after my wife has told me she doesn't want me near her right now, hoping this thread will be a wake-up call for her. My wife, female, 33, is a big nerd, which I normally appreciate, but she is taking things way too far today. She took today off work so she could be up at 4 a.m. to play her online game at launch. I didn't wake up till about an hour ago, 10.30, and she was still playing. I mentioned I was hungry, hoping we could make breakfast together, which we like to do together. She instead said that I should order us something from DoorDash. I'm in the middle of a dungeon and maybe a while. I didn't really want to get takeout because we already discussed ordering pizza tonight for dinner. And that's just a lot of takeout food in one day. I calmly explained this, and she got pissed and shrieked at me that she just wanted one weekend to focus on her video game. I said it was unfair to our family for her to isolate all weekend. And then she got even more mad, telling me that I have two hands and can feed the gosh darn cat. I was in tears at this point, and I did raise my voice and said that I was worried she obs- she's obsessed with this game, and maybe she needs professional help. She threw her car keys at me and said that I need to get out of her face, that she works all the time and doesn't ask for much, and I need to leave her be and get out of her face for a few hours. I'm truly concerned that she has become obsessed with the online game, and I'm hoping that maybe reading this thread will, ma- will wake her up to it. But I might have been the a-hole, too. Edit. Some additional information I forgot. 
It isn't just today. The last few weeks, she's been hyping herself up for this. When the game got delayed, she moved her vacation time rather than just keep her previous day off and spend it with me. She's been absolutely freaking out about this game, and I don't understand it, and it scares me. This one's more conflicting than it really the last is. one. It yeah. really like, is. <laughs> this is actually a complicated the consensus. <laughs> the consensus on Reddit is that he is the a-hole, and he should let his wife do what she wants. But I feel like if the roles were reversed and it was a wife asking your husband to get off a game. Yeah, it might be a different might story. Might be a different story. This person says, dude, she isn't obsessed with the game. A lot of people wake up early and stay up late for the launches of games. It's not unusual. It sounds like you're just mad that she's not cooking for you and that you have to feed yourself and the cat. When you mention you like to make breakfast together, how much do you do in that? I also call BS on the calmly explained and she freaked out when and went hysterical portion of this. da 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 but I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. Some people, like, it's valid that some people do take that stuff, like, to the extreme. Mm-hmm. But There's like, definitely a narrative that's missing, and that's the wife's narrative. Mm-hmm. Like, with these, yep. you have to remember there's two sides to every story. And he really didn't give his wife that voice in yeah. this. You know, like, we only know it's the way he feels about it in his narrative. It's definitely a one-sided argument. Yes. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It does seem kind of selfish, but it's her husband. I don't know. I feel like it's very I, difficult. I think I, I think I understand the like a new product being released at mm-hmm. such a weird late time. I think that's more or less common, I guess, nowadays with stuff like that. Um and uh, I wouldn't be surprised to hear people staying up for that kind of release to enjoy that new game and mm-hmm. experience that new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of makes me skeptical, like, because it's new. And maybe, like, I'm thinking about myself and, like, if I were in that situation, I'd probably get over the game in, like, a couple weeks. Yeah. It, I don't know. What do you think, Jordan? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a conflict in a sense. Do you think he's in, he's the a hole or no? Yeah, he wife's got, the a hole. Nah, he got to be a bit of the a hole. You think so? You think he should let his wife play whatever game she wants? Yeah, I mean, this is like his time to go do whatever he wants since his wife's gonna be busy with the game. That's that's a good point. And just be like his probably his only free time. Uh huh. But the thing is, like, he wants to spend time with her, and she's on this game. But he did make it sound like it was only a, like a, because of the launch is the reason she was acting like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's kind of what it sounds like to me. And again, you hear about it all the time with like boys and their Xbox and how their girlfriends get mad because the boys play on the Xbox all night. You know. Yeah. And that's like a big shocker moment. Yeah. And I don't know. Everybody on Reddit said with a hundred percent conviction that he's the a hole for asking his wife. And I don't know. I feel like I feel like there's some double standards there because if the roles were reversed, like it was like the same thing in the well, similar thing in the last story I talked about. Like the husband wanted to play games for a month straight, which I mean that's a month straight. That's a different, obviously, but yeah. I don't know. That's a tough one. What do you guys think? Leave a comment down below if you think. Yeah, please the give us some feedback. All right. So I am I a 
AITA for for dropping out of the MOH role last minute because of an emergency. My best friend Chloe was getting married last Sunday, last Saturday, and I was maid of honor for one year straight. Uh, I was the main planner for her and and did did the best that I could to fit the standards she had. She had set for the wedding. I eat my plant for the amazing bachelor bachelorette party one month before the wedding, and I couldn't do do this without the gorgeous bridesmaid as well. Two two days before the wedding, my my husband had a heart attack and was hospitalized. Doctors said his situation was severe and was transferred to in an ICU. Later, doctors told me he needs an emergency open heart surgery the next two the next twenty four hours. His situation was very life threatening, and we could lose him any time. My best friend called me, called, called me to wish, wish me well, and I thanked her. She also asked if the surgery surgery would happen before the wedding, and I said that it said it would happen, happen the day before, but it will last many hours. She said that's all right, just making sure it doesn't intervene with with the wedding. Wedding, that's all. It's sad we can't have have been been there. Parentheses, parentheses, my husband, but but we'll have you and you can eat and drink for for both of you, haha. That's when I told her I won't be able to come to the wedding whether my husband's surgery is over or not because I need to take care of him and I want to be next to next to him until we are one hundred percent sure he's gonna be fine. She said that's understandable, but she remi- she reminded me that. As a MOH, I have the duty, and and it's one one day before the wedding, and I can't drop out. I I said that I am sorry about this, but I almost lost my husband. And I don't want to leave leave his side yet. She didn't curse me out or anything, but she was very upset and she started crying. She said she's understandable and wish well again. My husband's surgery went well, and we were waiting for his recovery. It was the day day of the wedding, and I called my best friend to wish wish her well. She didn't pick up. Later, I video called one of the bridesmaids, and she answered. I asked to talk to Chloe, but she said she's busy getting ready. I said, fine. I called later. I called again, and again, no response. I thought she was simply busy with the preparations. I called the day after the wedding, and still no response. She wouldn't reply to my texts at all. I contacted some of the bridesmaids. They told me that she was very upset with me for dropping out the day before the wedding and that I should make it no matter what. Some some of them said that I did what's reasonable and how my husband's health should be my priority, but some others felt, felt like I let down the bride on her big day and I should expect a word from anyone anytime soon. Am I the AITA? Edit. I want to clarify that this is the first time my friend has ever acted this way. We faced many difficulties during the wedding planning and she was always sweetheart about it and made sure never give a hard time to anyone. She was actually the most chill bride I ever, I've met in my life. There there was no way I thought she'd react react like this over such an important emergency because I didn't I didn't even have previously signed that she acted like that edit too. I want to add another disclaimer. On the day of the wedding I stopped calling because I figured she she will not reply because she's busy. But later, I was told told she was not only not only replying to me, but specifically, specifically because she was upset she had taken a few calls from relatives who couldn't attend because of distance. She specifically didn't respond to me. One of the bridesmaids also pointed out how it's weird that she never called me to ask about no about my husband's surgery. Went in as as a best friend, and she can take a couple minutes out of her day to simply see if everything's okay as well. Never thought about this until my friend, the 
mentioned it, so now it hurts way more. A-R-T-A. No. She's not the a-hole. I feel like I would agree. I think the friend's the a-hole, honestly. Well, I don't know. It's hard because I understand that it's a bummer that your maid of honor and your best friend couldn't be at your wedding, but life happens. Like. Yeah, it's not like it. It's, it's not like she ditched from, you. Like a lackluster cause. Yeah, like, exactly. Her husband almost died. Yeah, there's definitely a significant reason why. Like, I'm sure they wouldn't want to ditch the wedding by choice. Mm -hmm. Like, the yeah, best friend and the maid of honor. Like, it's definitely like, I don't know, the, the text where she was like, sorry, Ben can't be there, but I'll see you tomorrow, haha. -ha. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. her husband's on the operating table having open heart surgery. Exactly. And she didn't even call to make sure, see if her husband was okay. Like, that's definitely, I don't know. Very toxic I mean, behavior. That's definitely not a not an easy choice to make for that person to exactly. be like, should I be the maid of honor or should I go attend to my my partner? Like, I think it's I think it's like if I put myself in her shoes and it was mm -hmm. like my boyfriend on the operating table, I would a hundred percent be with him, and my friends would understand. Like, yeah. It makes sense. A wedding is not a life or death situation. It's not gonna. She's not gonna die if she doesn't go to the wedding. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But some people just have the audacity. <laughs> it was probably such a hard and trying time for her too. Like with her husband, she doesn't know if her husband's gonna live or die. Mm -hmm. And just to make it worse, her friends are all turning on her. Mm -hmm. Poor girl. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of variables. Like weddings are probably really stressful to organize, especially mm -hmm. on the couple and like. So maybe she's really stressed and she's like, oh. Maybe she, yeah, maybe she just wanted her best friend there, like, which I understand wanting your best friend there, but it's a little bit selfish. It's very selfish. In this situation, it's, it comes across really selfish, yeah. in, in my opinion. Yeah. What do you think, Jordan? Yeah, she's not the a-hole. Nope, she's not the a-hole. Well, that is all we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. Um, this is the last episode before Christmas break. So I hope everybody has a safe Christmas break. Uh, make sure you get registered for spring. And I guess we'll see you guys next year. Yeah, get, get registered. We'll see you January. Yep. Adios. Bye. find them see them no. for ourselves scuba diving uh, it's completely unrelated to what we were just talking about but i had the best idea no. ready yeah what? asmr oh i'm sure people would hate this <laughs> how does it sound then it doesn't sound good <laughs> <laughs> wait 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 can't hear the hair. I need a makeup brush. Somebody get me a makeup brush stat. <laughs> we need to get like some slime to we play with. We do the rest of the podcast with like the soft, with the soft with the whisper. Soft whisper.